Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. My guest for this episode is Ross Chastain, who sat down with us during a very interesting time. For those who have followed Chastain's NASCAR career, you'll know that things are nearly always interesting for him. It's been quite an up-and-down ride over the past year for the driver whose family is in the watermelon farming business. This conversation with Ross happened Tuesday, June 18th, which was two days after his winning truck at Iowa Speedway was disqualified for a post-race inspection failure. In addition to losing 55 points and having a playoff-eligible win stripped, Chastain's underfunded team also lost a $50,000 bonus. Now, there was redemption this past Saturday at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, as Chastain won again, but this time got to keep the $50,000 bonus and the playoff eligibility. And he now will make the playoffs, provided he can climb into the top 20 in points over the next five races. I have no doubt that he can do that, nor should you. There are few NASCAR drivers who have overcome adversity as Chastain has. You'll hear some of that in this podcast as we touch on his whirlwind 2019 across Cup, Xfinity, and the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. Chastain started the first 37 races of 2019 in those three national circuits, running for Jay Robinson's Premium Motorsports and Cup, Colleg Racing and Johnny Davis's JD Motorsports and Xfinity, and Nice Motorsports in Trucks. Ross since has elected to focus full-time on running the Truck Series while still continuing to run Cup and Xfinity when he can. He flew directly from his Gateway win late Saturday night to Sonoma early Sunday morning to run a Cup race on a track he'd never seen before on about three hours sleep. This is a fairly remarkable story for NASCAR, and Chastain is quite the character. Even though this podcast was taped four days ahead of the Gateway victory, you will hear Ross call his shot multiple times in predicting he would win the race at Gateway. So let's pick up our conversation with Chastain. This is Ross explaining what the mood was like for the Nice Motorsports team at its shop the day after the disqualification at Iowa. Talked to, to Cody Fall, our general manager, and Al flew in. He wasn't at Iowa. Um, Your but, owner, team owner, uh, Al yeah, Nice. Yeah, team owner, Al Nice. Um, so he flew in yesterday, just come to shop, and, and um, you know, it's been some uh, very, very upset people involved, and Al included, and, and obviously all of us. Um, 
for the way a lot of things were handled and the way that some people acted that we you know thought were a little better than that so definitely not going to get into naming names but there was some things handled that not how you handle things so um a lot of us were upset i was more upset about the people side not even the call or the, the dq well, however it works out I'm, i'll be fine with i know that we won straight up um and because uh, dynamic ride height is on the ground you're you're on the racetrack scraping the ground all the way around and everybody is and then you have to get it back up um and ours didn't come up that's that's why it didn't come up i don't know um and they're still trying to figure that out but i'm i'm good with the fact that that we have race winning trucks and we can go out and win a bunch of races we're going we're going to go for our third win of the year at gateway uh, i mean we gave my eight race head start what's one more race i mean how big of a head start do these guys need in the points so um no issues on my end 100 percent confidence uh don't want to sound cocky but i am confident because i know what it's like to not have speed and you're struggling and, and you don't have the resources and we have the resources. Now we don't have all the funding, but it, it, it was a, it was a very big swing this week, not winning that money once we thought we did, even though we didn't go there, we went there preparing to win it, but you don't put that into the budget. Um, but it definitely would have filled some holes uh, that we have. So uh, we just got to find another way to do that. And that's, we're busy plugging away, trying to work with our existing partners and trying to bring on new ones, just like everybody in the sport is. So that was a $50,000 bonus that unfortunately got also snatched away by this NASCAR call. It is. We're a little salty, like I'll be honest, right? So we're a little, uh, <laughs> a little wide-eyed right now because we are the first ones to have a win taken away. And, and just the trickle down and the repercussions of that will, will be falling out. There's, it will be fallout from this for us for a long time. And I mean, it shook Al East and all of us to our cores on, on, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Al's prepared for years to win races with his race team. This is year three or four. And the amount of in investment and infrastructure he's put up to put into this race team and, and to get your second win and, and they take it away, it, it, I think it really made him think about why are we why is he doing this? And, and is this worth doing? I mean, it it did. And he's a guy that wears his emotion on his sleeve just like I do. And, and he's honest. And he came in the shop yesterday and had some for me, very bone-jarring words that was like, holy cow, this could have a really bad effect on, on, my, on all of our futures, his included in NASCAR and mine with his truck team. And, and I feel like I'm, he's been the springboard for me to compete for wins this year so far on top of uh, you know, having chances in the 10 car with Colleague and Nutrient Ag Solutions. So um, it's, it's scary stuff right now, and it's, um, that's why we just need it. We, 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 we will, and we, we, will, we will go win this weekend, and we will keep winning. So your team owner, Al Neese, came into NASCAR in, in 2016, very recently committed to, to running this series full-time, and it sounds as if he's he's had maybe second thoughts about, I mean, he's committed to this year, but maybe yeah. beyond that, it's just kind of jarred him a little bit and what? said, is it worth it? I mean, how in the world, when you feel like you're everybody's against you and you already got one hand tied behind your back for it when you walk in the door and they, they got you strapped down? So it's, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm very biased right now. The punishment of taking that win away for, for tech ride height rules when that rule will go away it, it, it's already on it's already gone from cup it's going to keep trickling down and go away you know they, they won't admit that and until it happens and right you can't i mean until they they put it in place for whatever the future date is but but that's that's rules that's it that those same rules are at your local short track and and that's we i had to growing up at punta speedway you had to meet your minimum ride height rules it was four inches for the body and six inches for the frame in our fast trucks. And if that old metal square tubing didn't fit underneath the body at four inches, if it rubbed anywhere, you got thrown out. Granted, we were running big thousand pound springs and nothing else back then. So now with 
with uh, with pigtail springs and and everything you do to to make these trucks lower to the ground and and scrub the racetrack because lower is better and um, it's it's just uh, it's an inexact science sometimes and um, but the right height rule will go away and but that's that wasn't the case this weekend at Iowa and and we just have to live with it. Yeah, for now it is the rule. Uh, Brad Kozlowski has suggested NASCAR might want to consider taking its rule book and taking out every other page just indiscriminately just rip them out one by one is that something you'd be in favor of it sounds like there's too many rules right now across the board there's a rule because someone pushed the the gray area and then they had to write it down you know they had to put it in writing and in today's world you have to put everything in writing so it's not that simple it sounds great i know it's not that simple but man if they would just look at it as a as they're the boss like quit listening to everybody i don't care what anybody says on a podcast like no offense to any of us but our my vote shouldn't count and neither should the media neither should the team owners like it should be like it's their sandbox and they're like they jump back and forth like no this is ours oh but we'll listen to you and then oh well no we're going to go this way it's like more of an iron somebody step up run this thing and be transparent and be but understand what you're talking about and just make the call and I think that if that would have been the case with, you know, you look at somebody like Wayne Otten, uh, he's been my series director since I came in the truck series and I, we both kind of moved to the Xfinity series about the same time. And uh, he's somebody and him and Buster and like they, they're real people and they understand what's cheating and what's not. I know that they put out this new rule and it just covers all failures after the race. Um, so it didn't matter if we had, if we had a, a hundred, a motor with a hundred extra horsepower we put a big spacer on it you know where we could get more power or we were a little bit low on our front splitter it's the same penalty how how do you have so many rules and then you have one that just covers it all and they just say oh our hands are tied that's the rule well first of all they wouldn't even tell me what was going on nascar wouldn't talk to me after the race so it was, and that's sort of what you're disgruntled about is just you don't feel like it was handled well, well no the i mean they interacted with you uh on the competition side and the the nascar side yeah there's there's lots of things to be upset about like i said already I'm very biased right now and I'm still <laughs> upset, um, yeah. you know, and I will be for a long time, but it just fuels me to go and stomp them in the dirt again, man. Um, <laughs> even though there ain't no dirt in, at gateway on the, on the racing in, within the walls, but, um, all I've, like I said, all I've done is start and park there. I don't, we'll just go beat them again. Well, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, Ross, I mean, you've had a lot of experience with this overcoming adversity. Yeah. I mean, let's go back and look at the last year. I mean, you get the Xfinity opportunity last year with Chip Ganassi racing, then you're racing for a win before the crash with Kevin Harvick and your debut in that car. Then he comes out and obviously has some uh, unkind things to say towards you. <laughs> and then two weeks later, though, you win at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The first time in the Xfinity Series, you get announced as the full-time Xfinity driver at Ganassi Racing several weeks later. And then a month after that, the ride goes away because the sponsorship disappears. So now you win a race and not even an hour later, it's gone. Do you look at this like, have you found yourself wondering, you know, why do these things always happen to me? This good, bad, good, bad dynamic, or is it just another opportunity of this is the way I roll? Yeah, it's definitely not the way I would have written it. I don't think that they would ever even make a movie about this. It has, <laughs> you know, write a book, it'd have to be a fictional book because no one would believe it. But Stranger than fiction. Yeah, yes. so it's, um, I, I truly do believe and, and through my faith, and I don't like to talk about that much, but it's, I believe there's like I'm there's a plan there's a plan for everybody there's a plan for me and I'm good with his plan for me so that's uh this is just part of it and for some reason I'm gonna go I get to go through this you know and and he's forcing I'm not the way I choose to do it I don't want them to take the win away but uh, you know thinking back to the range of emotions after the race of the highest of highs again and and then to the moments leading up to the phone call when I was changing I was still in my race suit 
after the race and was changing and I get a call that they're over in tech and it's not looking good and, and I walk over there and nobody will talk to you. So just, there's a, there's a reason this is all happening and, and I'm good with it because I, I believe, I believe it's going to work out and, and I, I see the light for my career in NASCAR and, and I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't, but I have, have enough people on my side that, uh, I feel like it's going to work out. So Definitely not the way I would have drawn it up. I mean, I'm still great with everybody at CGR and working uh, with those guys to just try to be the best race car driver I can, I can be and, and let them teach me, um, you know, all their different philosophies of things. And same goes with Colleague and Premium and, and um, Nice Motorsports and then a few races at JD left. So it's part of it. I don't know how you pick what's right and wrong. It's just you get up and fight every day, and that's all I do. Well, Jeff Burton sat right here on Monday's NASCAR America and said that he believes you're going to make the playoffs, you're going to win again, and, and make the top 20 points. And he said it's because he's seen it. He's seen you go through these challenges, this adversity, and you always come out stronger. You're tough. You have that ability. When you go through something like what happened at Iowa, Ross, do, do you think back on all the ups and downs of the last year and lean on that to help you get through the current adversity? Or It's just kind of how it's been. So what what's any different? Like, this is... Okay, why well, I, I should, probably should have expected something like this to happen, but but yeah, no, it's just part of it, and I I know we won that race, and that's why I say we're going for our third win of the season, and that's a dream come true to be saying that. Like to two years ago, I would I would have given my left arm to come and talk to you on a podcast and have won an Xfinity race, and then you know last time we talked, we were talking about what it was going to be like going into the 2019 season with the Xfinity car, and then and then now we're like you still invited me back after all that was gone. So it's like, well, well, well you were a good guest we, and you're well received. We landed on our feet and, and we keep fighting. And so like, we'll just keep fighting. Like if they're going to hit us over the head, then we'll punch right back. It doesn't matter. So as you mentioned, Ross, you're, you're going for your third win. You had a win last month at Kansas Speedway. The praise poured in on Twitter afterward. I saw Eric Jones, Daniel Hemrick, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, some Really big names from the Cup Series congratulating you and obviously very happy. I'm sure that's partly because of your story. Uh, You have a great story. I know you don't want to be called the underdog, and I I totally appreciate that. I think it'd be nice if we could refer to you as Ross Chastain, full-time, high-profile, established ride Cup driver. Your story is great, but I think also it speaks to your character that you had all those drivers come and say these positive things uh, about you after the Kansas win. But it took me back to when we were talking here a few months ago at Ganassi on the podcast, you had had some run-ins with guys, <laughs> Brendan Gaughan, Joey Gase, Jeremy Clements, Kevin Harvick, Blake Cook. I mean, there have been some instances where you have not made friends on the racetrack and have not apologized for it because, as you said, you know, I, I bring my friends. When you get those responses from Eric Jones or Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Daniel Hummer, have you gotten to know those guys well from racing against them or did it come as a, of a surprise to have that kind of support? No, I have. I mean, I've gotten to know Eric pretty well. Yeah, there was a time where and it's it's all circumstantial but i was just i was always fighting to stay on the lead lap and he was in the gibbs xfinity car putting us all lap down on lap 20 and you know i was kind of the first guy i feel like in the field each week everybody behind me would just kind of let him go and i wouldn't so i i understand why he was upset because it was letting second place catch up and i was doing things that would even probably slow me down and and but as long as i keep him behind me and a couple of times we caught the caution and and it paid off and we kept our lap so i and i never I told Eric once we got to know each other, I was like, I'm not apologizing for racing you hard. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we raced each other in trucks uh, in 2013, and he beat me at, at Phoenix for his first win and, and denied me my first win when we led 
goshing like most of the race and and they got really good right at the end of the race and came and beat us and and he went on and and took off with his career and mine kind of spiraled downhill for a little while so we're back now and and a lot of those guys I it, it all started with kind of racing hard and then usually once after you get done racing them hard and then if your careers kind of go into separate series we can kind of be friends but usually the ones I'm racing with um, we're not friendly and I and I don't I mean, I don't, wrong I, don't, with that. I don't want anybody yeah. to not like me, right? It's not yeah. like I come out and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, the, I'm a jerk, you know, and, and I don't care what you think. It's like, no, I want people to like me. I want to be around me and stuff. But part of the reason and it, that it stings so bad this weekend is that Brett won, and I, and I don't apologize for this at all, but we've been racing against each other all year, and I've came out on the good end of a lot of our battles, but I've been really aggressive with him. Um, and he's been mad, and he's said things to the media but when he sees me in person he won't say anything and i'm like like we ride bikes together with josh wise and it's like man like you all buddy buddy with me and then you get out after iowa and he's telling how like he could have wrecked me if he wanted to and like he couldn't have you were you got to me one time why are you saying that stuff so that's what made it even worse is that that they won you know uh, jerry baxter's a great guy um like a lot of guys on their team um but just some of the way some stuff has been handled is, is um like we we all work together with GMS. That's where we buy our chassis, and that's where um, Nice has always gotten their their start from. Uh, and we still do. Uh, we have orders in now for stuff for bodies and chassis and stuff. And so I'm sure it's hard for all of us to. It is hard for all of us to balance being competitors. If you find some you know something that's, that's going to make your car a tenth faster, how are you going to tell your competitor that you're already a tenth behind and you're going to get him faster with you? Like so, there's just we all feel like we're not getting the good end, so it's just this constant struggle with all of us, and maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm pretty open, and I think one day Brett and I will probably work through all that, and I don't want people to be mad at me, and I get it. Like, Texas, I cleared myself up on the backstretch and got into Brett's left front and affected his race, so I, I hate that. I don't I don't like that, um, but I do drive aggressive. I try to not come out on the bad end of things when that stuff happens, so it's uh yeah i bring my friends with me um and one day you know one day i'm sure brett and i'll sit around and have a beer together maybe or something you know just somewhere closed environment and we can um we can just be friendly to each other but it's definitely not happened today yeah so even though you have drivers who are congratulating you on twitter what you said in december when you got announced as the nice motorsports driver you said i don't get along with many drivers like that still holds true, yeah. even though Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Eric Jones are saying, hey, good job, man. But you got to think yeah. about it. I'm not racing against You're not racing guys. them yet. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm in the cup race, but I'm definitely not racing them, and, I, and I'm not holding them up. Yeah. Um, when they when yeah. they lap me, it's all circumstantial, I feel like. So maybe when you start racing those guys full time, I mean, it, I it changes. I still do owe Chase one. He spun me out at Martinsville in a truck race a couple of years ago, and, and uh, we were in a position to run pretty good there, and he just dumped us, so... It's okay, though. <laughs> so take us through the decision to run full-time in the Truck Series Ross for Nice. You know, went into the season, and, and with everything that happened at CGR, it kept fluctuating on how many races I was going to be able to run. And, and originally, it was going to be five races at Nice. And then um, once everything happened, it, it opened up to run as many as we could. And Al kept me in the truck at Vegas and a couple places where we weren't originally scheduled to. And it just happened to work out that way. Glad it did because to be points eligible, you had to overrun every race. You know, even though they don't give you anything, like that's a stipulation. All their safeguards, I think, into preventing something like this happening was in place. But we just, by chance, fell into all the right categories and checked all the right boxes. And then some things happened behind the scenes that 
my hand kind of got forced and when we made the decision <clears throat> it was going into the texas race you know for the first triple truck challenge where we would have missed the race because of the rules so it all just kind of happened and that's why i go back to like whatever my plan is i'm good with just to get in this position to be able to race the truck race at iowa what all had to happen outside of any of our control um for that to to come into play was um was incredible and something I don't take for granted. So it was a blessing really to even be in the race and then to go dominate and win. And I'm, I'm good with how it's all working out. Did this team surprise you? Did you know they were going to be this good when you got there? I mean, I saw the potential last year, and, and but we didn't ever really race great. We'd qualify good, but not race uh, as good as I thought we should be. Um, but all the pe- pieces were there. And then Phil Gould, Cody Fall is the general manager. He was my crew chief last year. And then Iowa was actually the first time I ever drove a nice truck in practice. They asked me to jump in. I barely knew him. Um, it just helped Justin Fontaine kind of get a handle on what, what was going on with the truck. And um, they really had one of his best runs of the year that night at Iowa. So that was a good good big step for him um, as a driver. And uh, from there, we just kept talking. And then Phil Gould comes in, Lonnie Rush with Chevrolet, and a bunch of misfits kind of from other teams and different crew guys. And um, And we all just kind of felt like, uh, we got pushed out of our previous roles, and so why not go prove the world wrong and show them all, how, you know, just beat everybody. And and Atlanta was good. Martinsville was really good. Martinsville was the same truck we just raced at Iowa. So we had a fourth and a first with that truck, but we also ran 10th and almost crashed at Dover with a big slide and ran terrible, ran like 14th all day and finished 10th. You feel good about a race car or you feel bad about one if you think it doesn't just doesn't handle good. And after Dover, I was pretty much ready to throw that truck away. <laughs> we bring it back to Iowa and we dominate. So it's all about the package you put in it. So it just goes back to the team of building these packages and building these, these setups into these trucks that are capable of dominating races. What can you tell us about the team owner, Al Nice? He is a businessman from Texas. He's in the fuel lube truck and water truck business. So all your construction sites and mines, it's a lot of where his business is. So 77, there's water trucks to whether they're wetting the, the road right before they pave it or they you know have to keep so much moisture in the ground before they, they put the hot mix down or keeping the, the gravel roads in a mine or a pit wetted down. You know he, That's his stuff. And then he's, he builds the trucks themselves, buys the frame and the, the drive line from somebody like Ford or whoever. And then... Um, he builds the rest of it, rolls his own steel for his for his tanks on the fuel lube trucks. He puts, you know, you can put a thousand gallon tank of diesel on there and, and all your oils and, and uh, greases that you need to service, you know, a big track hoe or something in a mine or a dozer or whatever you need. Um, that's what he does. So he's got different plants across the country and, and sells um, all over the place. So he's going to start a little, a little line here out of Statesville up there by the race shop. So he is investing into his own business and using this this race team as kind of a new it's like a means marketing to well yeah. a new means to um to sell water trucks and so there's gonna be some water trucks that'll go out into this market in the greater Carolina area but he's a marine vet and he um he used to race sprint cars way back in the day he really started this truck team because he wanted to drive um, he saw other drivers that were later in life and, and older in age and, and larger in life, you know, what he always thought he liked it and, and liked racing sprint cars and just passionately loved racing. And I think that's what's so bad about this past weekend is that that's kind of taken some of that passion out. And I know that comes with rules and fractions and stuff. People get upset, but it really have for all of us. It's kind of like, man, what are we, what are we fighting for here with what all happened? So he was a sprint car driver that wanted to go truck racing and then um, realized pretty quick that he better find him a driver, and um, TJ Bell came along pretty quick and really helped build the program. TJ's an awesome guy, awesome spotter now, uh, still races some whenever there's availability. Kind of a guy that I feel like never really got the, the right opportunity at the right time, 
but a really good race car driver and helps me every week. We go over stuff and, and, um, he's just like a good guy, you know, and just loves racing. So from there, um, I came in last year to help the team a little bit in a practice session at Iowa. And then Al said he wanted me to race at Bristol, uh, which is actually, now that I think about it, the same truck we just won with. That was our, our short track truck that we ran at Bristol. So yeah, it all just kind of snowballed in a good way and other things happened that were bad with CGR, but that opened up my opportunity to run the truck series. You made that full-time commitment to Nice Motorsports. And how has that impacted your other rides, Ross? Because obviously you've been racing everywhere, <laughs> every series, a, a Cup, Xfinity, Truck. You're still racing in Xfinity for college racing. I believe you have four more races, Chicagoland, Kansas, Daytona, Texas. Mm-hmm. Still coming up there. Yeah, still uh, working through all that. Um, yeah. We know Nutrinag Solutions will be on it. Chicago, Kansas, and Texas. So. And are you still racing for Johnny Davis as well? Here? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and and there's some. Um, there was definitely some sloppy stuff there that that's went on. Um, just being 100 percent honest, there that's kind of there was some stuff that forced my hand. Um, that caused you to go to the truck. And, and then yeah. we we swapped over to the truck. Not something we planned out to do. Not something we saw coming until it was just thrown at us um and you're just juggling everything and trying to keep everything going and i've said it i feel like running as much as i have there's a reason we set a record because it's so hard to do to run for four team owners two in xfinity one in truck and one in cup and try to keep everybody happy and fulfill all your obligations just for the performance side let alone the business side and all the sponsors i go weeks at a time and never come back to the carolinas and just fly from one place to the next and then (laughs) straight to the racetrack and then straight from there back out to another place so i felt there was a while there uh where every race team i drove for was mad at me i mean there was a couple weeks (laughs) where it's like everybody had a reason they really had a reason it was my own fault i was overextended and you know it's sorted itself out where i was actually happy that i didn't run the cup race at michigan uh one because of the rain delay uh garrett smithley got to drive and and he's a guy that's came along with me at jd and came in a year after me and we've kind of progressed uh together in a lot of ways and i feel like that you know how i got my chance at premium when reed Sorensen was driving and reed helped me now Reed and I can help Garrett, and it's uh, it's just kind of how it how it happens. That's the, that's the way it goes at Premium. You know, if somebody comes with a sponsor, that's that's why I was able to get in. Like, there's no hiding it. I I don't back away from it. That's fine. Um, it ultimately led to me running all but two races last year. I mean, Jay ran me in the Daytona 500 this year and started the year full bore. That happens when you finish 10th in the Daytona. Yeah, that was a good, really <laughs> a good, good start. You know, yeah. really good race. So um, it, I was actually happy to see Garrett. You know, that's probably one of the only people I would have been happy for to see somebody run the car I was thinking I would drive. I don't want to do it every week, but uh, <laughs> it was nice. That, it was cool that one time. Um, maybe it happens a few more times. I'm, I'm good with it. And then the JD stuff, you know, there's just other funded drivers. And with the way everything went, it was, we were way underfunded. Um, we were expected to make the playoffs. We were expected to run top 10. And when the, the funding isn't there and you can't hire enough people, you can't hire, you can't buy all the parts you need. You can't rent the stuff you need. Um, I mean, Johnny owns all of his own motors. I've never had a leased motor down there in the Xfinity car. So the the fact that we can restart next to these guys that have full lease motors and brand new cars and stuff, and we're buying them used from people, it's it was always something I've, I've been really proud of. And we've went and ran four a couple of times, top fives, a lot of top tens. And it just didn't work out this year. And I hate that. Um, it's something Johnny Davis and Gary Keller are people I will always love and always probably go drive for again in the future um, if they'll have me in the sometime way down the road and still got some races this year but you know it just it, it wasn't didn't work out to run the full season well it did work out that you ran the first 13 races in Xfinity you ran the first 14 races in cup 
and all 10 to date in the truck series. So that's, that's a lot of races. That's that's 37 races, as you mentioned, Ross. I mean, you're flitting back and forth across the country, uh, probably not home for weeks. You're back in the Jay Robinson car this weekend for Sonoma, but you're only going to be there Sunday. Yeah. So how does it work for you? You haven't had this logistical nightmare too many times yet this year. I know there was the, the Texas-Michigan situation, but how do you get from Gateway, St. Louis area to Sonoma, Northern California, yeah. one day or the next. How's that happen? Yeah, well, unfortunately, the dang truck race doesn't start till 9 local time, which is 10 Eastern <laughs> okay. uh, there in, in St. Louis. So then um, I think I think we're on the victory flight. So the charter service out of Statesville with GMS, They, um, I think that premium got me a seat on that. So a bunch of pit crew guys will come do the same thing, and we'll, we'll you know, right after the race, uh, about two hours, I'm sure, after the checkered flag, we'll be in the air cruising out to California. Try to sleep as much as I can on the plane. I mean, I don't know what to, we, we can't get there. It'll be way into the morning. Day, I don't know. Sun might be up by the time we get. Honestly, by the time we get there, just sure. a big testament to to Premium Motorsports and Jay Robinson for putting me in the car. And he's gonna run three cars out there. And Chevrolet has helped me a lot with simulator time of just just so I know like how do you get off pit road and where do you go from there. And now this new carousel, like how do you even know what gears to be in and when to hit the brakes? Like that's all stuff you learn either testing or in practice. When you go there as a rookie, you always have a couple hours of practice and I, my first lap will be rolling off for the race. <laughs> You'll never have seen the track before never. you start the race. Never, yeah. never. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. It is crazy to think about. It's something NASCAR had to, they put a lot of thought into if it was, if they were comfortable with it. And Jay said they were good. I guess they're good with it. So big thank you to them for that. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, but at least there's, I think a 20 lap first segment come in at the end of that. I'm sure I'll have burned the tires up by then and learning where the curbs are and how to brake and how to accelerate off that final corner and stuff. Just stuff that I'll um, have to learn on the go and, and just uneventful day out there um, and get laps around the track is my only goal. Stay on track. So how many more races for Jay then do you think this year? I think I think a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, well, it's as many as he wants me in. Um, that's that's all it comes down to is his, his sponsors are, are happy and they want me. It's up to him. You know, I'm, I'm there for him. Uh, you know, I'm there for a colleague. I'm there for JD whenever it all works out. Um, and we'll be points racing with Nice. Even though I don't points race, we just go and win with yeah. Nice Motorsports. Have helmet, will travel for Ross Chastain as always. The Michigan-Texas situation when you race Friday night in Texas and you got to be uh, in Michigan on Saturday morning for the Xfinity race. Is that a commercial thing or is that is there always a charter flight that there was a charter they, flight? They can yeah, handle it? Okay. yeah. There's pretty much. Um, so that makes your life a little it bit does. easier. Oh, it does. really, <laughs> okay. it would really be. I don't know if you could do the gateway to San Francisco. Yeah, um, probably be impossible. I don't to get think a that. A, time. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that would work. And then we know how commercial flights are these days. There's always delays and canceled flights. So, no. Uh, luckily. You know, for a relatively inexpensive cost, you can get on the team charter plane and get you right there and, you know, just have a rental car, go s sleep in the hotel room for about, I think, Michigan, I slept for maybe three hours and got up, went to the track, and then had to go try to qualify an Xfinity car I hadn't been in all weekend that Landon Castle practiced, and he told me I could hold it wide open. And that was not the case. <laughs> and I tried, and I almost crashed. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, that was a uh, hair raising moment, you know, hair stand up back of your neck, drive sure. down into even to turn three, come into the green. I I was like, I was fully confident, just like, oh, Landon knows. He he said I'll be able to hold it wide open, and I'm coming to the green, and I am pushing up into the gray sideways. <laughs> like, okay, maybe the tires weren't warm enough. Maybe I didn't scrub them hard enough. All right, down into one. It'll. I was slow off before. It'll definitely stick now. <laughs> 
not the case. So thanks, yeah. Landon. Well, Thank you. I guess you have to live your life with a certain degree of faith, both literally, figuratively, every sense of the word. Yeah. When you're just you're not phased by this travel situation or this running every series situation, right. you just go and I get in the car or the truck and you hope it works, right? Well, and the biggest reason that I do it, um, and the reason that that I wanted when Johnny Davis called me in December of 2014 about driving and and our plan was to run the first five races and then start and park until we got sponsorship. And for, we never did start and park, by the way. So that was incredible that him and Gary Keller ran me all those for f- over four years, you know, with minimal sponsorship all the time. And I always put tire. well, after the first year, I always put tires on it after that. He, we learned our lesson a couple of times trying to run scuffs. And after that, we needed tires. He went and got them all the way to the, to, and he will continue that throughout this year. So once I started running the Xfinity races so much, I realized how good track time was and just running every week, how much better of a driver I felt like I was becoming. It had so much room to grow. So that's where I wanted to run the cup race and I wanted to run truck races and I ran for Bola Motorsports and I ran for anybody that let me drive. You know, I'd get in for people that were sick uh, with seats that were way too big. Uh, I mean, I drove, I got in for Wendell Chavis at, at Atlanta last year, halfway through the race, and I literally had to look underneath the top of the steering wheel because I was so much, he had the wheel so high because he's so tall. I had to duck just a little bit because the wheel was right in my field of view and I couldn't see out the windshield. I couldn't see over it. So I had to look underneath it and ran about 80 laps around Atlanta in a truck like that. Um, <laughs> so I'll do anything. Like I'll, I'll rate as long as I feel safe. And I really have never not felt safe. So gotten help Vinny Miller this weekend out in Iowa in practice and just hop in a seat. Uh, as long as I'll fit in it, um, then I'm good and just go drive and tell him what I think and, and just even just running four laps in, in Xfinity practice at Iowa, I think helped me in the truck race. So um, that's why I want to run as many cup races, especially with the previous package too. It, all that horsepower, no downforce, uh, a lot of off-throttle time. It was really fun to drive the cars back then. Just go with it, man. So you said in the off-season that the best way to clear your head and appreciate life is to get on the tractor at your family's famous watermelon farm for a few days and put the phone away. Do you do that during the season or can you? I mean, is it, is it, do you make it back to the farm between February and November or is it pretty much just go, go, go. And then that's your time to decompress. Yeah. I don't know about the famous part. That's kind of, uh, my, my dad will <laughs> I, get a crack. We'll get a, a good laugh I feel like we've that. established you as a, yeah. as a famous watermelon farming family because yeah. of yeah. Know, national television, you're breaking watermelons. That's right. Wins, so, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. So no, it's, um, not as much time as I would like. Got down for Easter. Definitely get there for Thanksgiving, and and other than that, it's um it's it's pretty few and far between. I am going to go on Thursday. Take Chip Weil, president of Daytona International Speedway, to South Georgia, Tifton and Cordial area, and take him to a watermelon farm. Uh, a few years ago, when I first started, we took Michael Waltrip to a farm up in uh, Maryland, about an hour south of Dover, Delaware, out there on the peninsula. There's a w- lot of watermelon farming, a lot of agriculture out there on the peninsula. But so we're going to take Chip over to uh, South Georgia and show him around the watermelon farm on Thursday. So that'll be the first time I've gotten to Georgia in, I guess, maybe two years, I think. So I used to go there and work a couple weeks each year in their scale office and just book out trucks. And just when I was only racing part time, like 2014 and 13, I had weeks off at a time. So I was like, I'm not sitting here in Charlotte. I don't know many people. I'm not doing anything productive to get better as a race car driver. So I might as well go work back in watermelons because I know everybody. So, you know, book out trucks or and uh, so I get to go down there and show Chip a little bit about the watermelon farm and try to get some work out of him. I don't know how well you know Chip, but I think getting the <laughs> I can't see him uh, yeah. doing a hard day's labor. I on, know. On so yeah. he it originally was going to be Thursday, and then it was, oh, i got to be back in Daytona at 6 p.m., uh-huh. and then i got to be back 
at 4 p.m. So now he's got to leave at like 12:30. So <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna call it early, but um, we'll get a good morning out of him. This isn't the family farm, is it? Or no, this not? is um, okay. this is some of the some of the people we sell to Melon One. But the whole watermelon industry is really uh, it's a huge family, and that's that's what got me going in racing. Is uh, my dad obviously wanted wanted to do some hobby racing, and we did that. And when we got to this level in the trucks, we had made a lot of connections, obviously, with, through the watermelon farm, and some of the people in the industry were fans and wanted to help me. So um, everybody in watermelons, nobody promotes just one brand. Uh, everybody promotes Florida watermelons or Georgia or the Car- South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, there's a group out in Indiana and Illinois that co-promote, and then Maryland and Delaware co-promotes. So it's um, – and the Gulf states do as well. So it's cool – that they were able to use me kind of as a marketing platform being that we were watermelon farmers they everybody almost everybody right you're always gonna have some debbie downers in the group (laughs) but enough people voted on it and liked it to spend marketing dollars promote watermelons with me in my racing career so watermelons are easy to sell in my mind so i have the easiest (laughs) job in the world i get to go race cars and talk about watermelons all the time Uh, and it really does come natural on both sides of racing and watermelons because it's stuff that i truly am passionate about um i'm not you know holding up a bottle of something and and just talking about it because I I have a PSA with them and they sponsor my race carts truly is um, whether you're buying a watermelon from my family's farm or somebody else or the neighbor it's all for the greater good of all of us as watermelon farmers we all promote together and we all we all succeed together because when it's when there's a bad year in an area everybody has a bad year nobody it's either all good or all bad most of the time. And also uh, a pretty good fallback plan for you if this racing thing doesn't work out uh, I'll be, as well. <laughs> I'll be low man on the totem pole. I'm off chasing this stuff, and I am falling behind in a lot of a- aspects of people my age that are going into the industry and people that I grew up with that stayed the course. My brother Chad's 20 now. He's in, in South Georgia uh, working. First year, he's, he's went on the road, but he wanted to commit to that and grow more acres with my dad in the spring for our Florida watermelons, and then decided to go on the road because he's wanting to live life and he wants to make money and and so that's um I, I love it for him I love that he's able to do that and that um, we do have a lot of family involved and that's how a lot of farmers are right I mean there's less farmers I think than there was um, but everybody had to get bigger to feed everybody I mean the task of feeding this world is absolutely incredible when you think about it and really to tie that in is springboarded into my relationship with nutrient ag solutions they're in the ag industry uh, one of the biggest groups for helping farmers grow a better crop so elliot sadler and brett griffin brought me into that and it's been a natural fit from the very beginning we, we all know each other we all do the same kind of business so um, getting the, to promote them on my race cars and lead the field with them at daytona and talladega and have more races coming up and um, have somebody like Elliot Sadler to mentor me and jab back and forth. We we know each other good enough that last year at Road America, they hadn't told me about anything with Nutrient Ag Solutions yet. And I don't really think if they knew yet, it was maybe right around the time they all kind of got together. But somebody brought through an autograph line, a number 38 M&M's car that he had won in. It was a race win die cast. And he looked over at me and he said, Ross, this is a race winning NASCAR race car. You don't know what that is, do you, boy? <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, we go and we get the 42 ride and we win it at Las Vegas later <laughs> in the year. So I made sure to give him a lot of crap about yeah, that. Yeah, you could stick And that I back have in space. a race win die cast with his name on it. They're just now coming in from the Vegas win. As soon as they all get delivered to the house, I've got one <laughs> ready to ship to Elliott in, in Emporia, uh, one for him and one for Wyatt. So. Got to rub it in a little bit. I'm sure he'll appreciate that, Ross, very much. Speaking of that Ganassi win, I mean, this time a year ago, I'm sure that deal was starting to come together, and you were looking at a chance to run in a top-notch Xfinity car, and 
you know, the last time I talked to you back in October, we were talking about full-time ride coming up here for Ganassi and the Xfinity car. And obviously everything has changed here as we sit here in June, 2019. Where do you feel like your career is now? I mean, I think it's right where it's supposed to be. Not by my choice. I didn't choose it. Don't get me wrong. And nobody on my side chose this path, but we're right where we're led to be and I'm good with it. Still great friends with everybody at CGR and still work with them. Still just trying to let them help me be the best race car driver I can be. You know, still walk by the podcast room there upstairs and uh, see Jeff Dowling and see all those guys and anything um, I can ever help them with. They they push stuff my way that their drivers are either double booked or can't do, can't make an appearance. And they'll, you know, I've went and Jeff set stuff up for me, you know, this year and on some big markets out in California and stuff. Like, like I would have never got that opportunity to speak on a LA news channel for not lower Alabama for Los Angeles, right. you know, like the <laughs> only thing I could ever get was, was lower Alabama. So those guys still help me a ton. So it's not, it's not like it's the end of the world with what all's happened. I, I feel like we can keep fighting and it's not always easy, but it's not how we would have picked it, but um, we'll just keep, I mean, you see how it's, how much has changed since our last talk on the podcast till now. I feel just as good right now as I did that day. And you look at what all's went on and there was dark moments and there was, high moments on Sunday and there was low moments on this past Sunday. So you just have to keep, I mean, I keep saying it, but I, that's what I believe. You just get up and you fight and however it's supposed to work out, it'll work out. Keep up the fight and uh, we'll keep watching you. And we appreciate you uh, giving so much of your time again today for the podcast. Appreciate you in here. Thank you. Thanks again to Ross Chastain for making some time during a hectic week. And thanks as well to Shana Navarro at College Racing for helping coordinate the conversation, which again was set up well ahead of the Iowa controversy, I appreciate everyone making it work despite the circumstances. The NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I won't shame everyone into leaving reviews or comments this time, but a huge thanks to everyone who did so after last week's Daryl Waltrip episode. Got a lot of positive feedback from that on the Apple Podcast review page. That was much appreciated, and I'm sincerely grateful for the listener support. As always, you can send me feedback on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.